Hey there, thanks for joining me this week. My name is Tim, and just like you, I'm on a journey to discover more about God's love, his creation, and my identity. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a lot of questions, and I've got a feeling that you do too. So, let's explore together. Welcome to The Sanctum. Thank you for listening to another episode of Sanctum Podcast. You could be listening to anyone else, Vody Bachman, Randy Clark, or that new common, but you are listening to me and I appreciate it. So this week, I'm going to continue a series about hearing God. During these next uh, few episodes, I will discuss various ways that God speaks to us. And this is such an important subject because God wants to talk to us and communication is the foundation of any relationship physical or spiritual. I introduced the subject in the last episode, Does God Speak? So if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to listen to it uh, just to get an idea of where we're going in the series. Uh, Go ahead and listen now. I'll wait. No, seriously, go. Go back and listen to it. Oh, you're back? Cool. All right, so today we're going to talk about vision. What are visions, where do they come from, and what's their purpose? So let's get started. So first of all, what is a vision? Let's define what a vision is. There are two main definitions of vision. The first uh, is that a vision is how you idealize yourself or circumstances in the future. For example, you may have a vision to own a business, be an artist, start a family, or be free from drug abuse. It is how you see yourself in the future. Think of the perfect you doing whatever you were called to do. That's the vision that you have set for yourself. The second definition of vision is an experience where God allows us to see into the spiritual world. And this is what uh, is recorded in scripture and where I will spend most of my time. When you look at the New Testament, um, Acts and Revelation specifically, You see that God allows certain people to see what was going on behind the scenes, so to speak, uh, in order to give them direction. Each vision was an intimate encounter of the Lord or his angels. Here's how the strong concordance defines its biblical usage. A sight, something which is seen, divinely granted in the ecstasy or in sleep. Now, that word ecstasy... It may not be the word that you're thinking about. It's a joyful, trance-like state. It's like being caught up in the love of God for a moment where what you are experiencing becomes just as real as the air that you breathe. And that's straight from the concordance. So typically, when you receive a vision, you are in the trance-like state and you are about to be given a revelation or instructions. Also, you are awake when you experience a vision, which makes it distinct from a dream. And unlike a dream, you can intentionally interact with the vision that you receive because you are awake. So why are visions so important? Well, Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no vision, people perish. In this verse, God is teaching us the importance of vision. It's a pretty clear warning If we don't have a vision, we die. Figuratively speaking, there are many ways to die. We can die spiritually, relationally, professionally, emotionally, uh, and of course, we will die physically. Typically, in our Western minds, we think of vision as a business statement. 
Every company that you work for has a vision statement and it tells everyone what the company stands for and where it's going. I'm not discounting that, but I want to challenge you to broaden your thinking. In my experience, I've seen the subject of visions preached from the pulpit solely as a plan that God has for your life. And again, this is true, but it's so much deeper and richer than God wants to just prosper you or get you that promotion or or buy you a new house. I actually love how the New Living Translation interprets the verse. It interprets Proverbs 29, 18 as divine guidance. The ESV translation interprets vision as prophetic. And the New King James Version interprets it as a revelation. So having a vision is an intimate encounter with the Lord so that he can give us direction, reveal a hidden truth or deeper meaning, and tell us the future. Now, as a side note, I highly recommend that you use multiple Bible translations to study because the small differences in a word choice can add revelation to its true meaning. Um, I personally use Blue Letter Bible for my phone uh, and online, and eSword if you want to download Bible software to your PC or Mac. That's just a side note. So, going back to vision, um, without vision, we die. Uh, so Amos uh, 8, 11 through 12 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. Here, God was saying that he was going to punish Israel's disobedience by taking away his word. His words provided the children of Israel guidance and protection, caused them to prosper and conquer the land. They were dependent on hearing from God. If God took away his word from any of them, they were lost. And being able to speak to God is now our birthright. When my children want to speak to me and ask, they don't, they don't ask for permission. They just do it. It's natural. And they do so without fear. We can talk to God through visions without fear. Vision is so important because his revelation sustains us, just like it did for the children of Israel back in Amos. And that leads me to my next point. Where do visions come from? Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm going to talk about dreams in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for that. Right now, I want to focus on the source of vision. Here we see that It's God that sent his spirit to us, and the spirit is the one who grants us the vision. This is important to realize because we can actually receive vision from multiple sources. The scriptures say that we can be deceived. We are susceptible to deception in three ways. We deceive ourselves, 1 Corinthians 3.18. We can be deceived by others, Matthew 13.22. And we can be deceived by demons. Matthew 8.44. However, we must also take into account that greater is he who is in you 
than he who is in the world. That means that we can search these things out in wisdom without living in fear or accidentally accessing something sinister. That was a lot of S's, accessing something sinister. <laughs> um, is there a possibility to receive a false vision? Absolutely. However, the scriptures also give clear guidance on how to test to see if the vision is from God or not. Believers should never be motivated by fear. I've said that a lot on this podcast. We should never be motivated by fear because fear is the antithesis of love. If we are fearful, then we are not living in the love that we have. And if we are abiding in the love that the Father has given, then we are not fearful. The two are polar opposites. We should never be motivated by fear. We should be motivated by love. Our Heavenly Father wants to talk to us. And visions is one of the ways that He speaks. So we were built to peer into the spiritual world. You and I are spirit beings. That means while we are still flesh and bone, we also have a spirit that was designed to be in communion with God. And that communion is like a battery on your iPhone. If it's not connected, it doesn't work. As a spirit being, we must learn to be constantly aware of God's everlasting presence. He is everywhere and in all believers. All creation is a testament that he is. Here are some ways that you can tell if a vision is from God or somewhere else. One, when you receive a vision from God, it will have the fruit of the spirit attached to it, mainly peace and love. If you lose your peace or the vision does not convey love, it may not be from God. Now, this is different from a conviction. Because God loves you, he may send you correction. But when you are convicted of something, you know that you are in the wrong. And he's bringing that, con that correction, which is ultimately an act of love. So be careful with that. Uh, number two is it will not contradict the Bible. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. His tactics may change, but who he is never changes. And contradiction is different from something not being there. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. If you have a vision of an airplane, you shouldn't say that this is not from God because airplanes obviously aren't in the Bible. When I say a contradiction, I mean the overall the, the overarching message of the vision will not contradict his written word. That's what I mean. So number three, tell someone that you trust that won't be judgmental, but listen with a purpose. God often talks to us through others. Do they think the vision could be from God? If so, this could be confirmation. In my fourth one, fourth point, ask the Holy Spirit after the vision if it was from him. He'll actually tell you. So those are four ways that you can tell that the vision is actually from God. 
Okay. It'll have the fruits of the spirit. It will not contradict the written word. Tell somebody that you trust and see if they agree with you. And fourth, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know. So what should you do if you receive a vision? So let's say you believe that you received a vision. You tested it out and believe it's from God. Well, what do you do now? The book of Acts have several accounts of apostles receiving visions and what they did next. So let's start there. Let's talk about Paul's conversion. It's one of the most astounding visions recorded in the scriptures. So that's found in Acts chapter 9, verses 1. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read it here, then I'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, so starting in verse 1, it says, Then Saul, still breathing, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, that's Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. So right there is the start of Paul's vision. He's minding his own business. He's going toward Damascus, and all of a sudden, a bright light is coming down from the sky. Then he fell to the ground. This is picking up in verse 4. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. So that's a really powerful vision that Paul had. So Paul literally saw a vision of Jesus and he literally knocked him off his high horse. Paul was going about his day persecuting Christians, unfortunately, and Jesus met him. There's a couple things that I really want you to take away from these verses. Number one, the vision came directly from Jesus, and it was about Jesus. Often when we have a vision, it will reveal the heart of God for us and our world. It reveals who Jesus is. Number two, Saul was able to interact with the vision, if you notice. While we are in a state of ecstasy, we can interact with our vision by asking God questions or asking him to reveal something to us. In these verses, you see that Saul actually had a dialogue directly with God, and there was a back-and-forth conversation. And number three, the vision gave Saul clear direction of what to do next. While visions will always reveal more of God's nature, there are times where he will also give us direct instructions. Okay, so those are three things I want you to pick up. 
Now, I'm going to read the next half of this. So let's continue the story. This is going to be in Acts chapter 9 again, starting in verse 10. Here's another man named Ananias who has a vision. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. So, pause. Ananias is scared. God is telling Ananias to go find Saul, Paul, before his name changed. And he's asking him to go, and Ananias knows his reputation. And his reputation is to arrest and kill believers. So again, we see that back and forth. And I see this having with the Lord. So, all right. So let's continue. Uh, start in verse, where did I leave off? Uh, 15. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is chosen vessel uh, of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying on his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there um, fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So then he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Okay, so here Ananias has a related vision, and his vision is about Saul. So again, we see three things. Number one, God spoke in the vision to Ananias. Number two, Ananias was able to interact with God through the vision, just like uh, Saul was. And number three, God made it known that his heart was to help Paul. So again, we see that revealing nature of God in the vision. This is God's heart. God has chosen uh, Saul to take his message to the Gentiles. And why? Because the entire world needs to know that there is a savior. Okay. His heart, God's heart, was always to reconcile the entire world to himself. That's God's heart. And then, of course, God gave very clear, uh, in this case, prophetic uh, instructions. So even though I, I point out those three things, I don't want you guys thinking that there's always going to be a formula for a vision uh, that you will receive. Although it is my conviction the guy will always reveal his heart or his nature in a vision, there's not always going to be a formula for it. Sometimes we'll, we'll be caught up in this type of trance-like state just so we can experience the love of God. And he may not give us a, a direct instructions, but it is going into his presence and being raptured into his presence, which is the main 
focus of why we are given visions the first place. So I want to give you guys an example of a prophetic vision that I had. So um, back in 2009, me and my wife decided to have children. Unfortunately, it would have been a really rough road ahead. Uh, we had experienced heartbreaking, disappointing miscarriage, of course. Um, we, we, we experienced that a couple times, and we had to visit doctors in order to sort things out. So one night, I come home from work um, to my one-bedroom apartment. It was dark because it was late, and Charmaine was already asleep. And when you walk into my apartment, you can see the bedroom door uh, from the front door. Um, cause it's a one bedroom. So you can see clearly to right to the other side. So as I close the door behind me and begin to walk, uh, toward the bedroom, I suddenly stopped. Everything looked normal, but I knew instinctively that something was very different. You ever get that feeling that suddenly you forgot why you're standing in a room or you can kind of get this deja vu type of feeling where, where something it just shifts and you just can't explain why, but just something's just a little bit off. So it, it's like that subtle shift happened. I feel safe, but just just something is different. Um, and that's what it felt like to me. And so I get caught up in this vision. I'm standing in a room. I'm totally still and I'm staring at the bedroom door. The door to my bedroom open. This is in a vision. Okay, it didn't actually physically open, but this is in a vision. The door to the bedroom open, and two children ran out of my bedroom toward me. And I knew in my spirit that these were my children. The Lord was showing me my kids. And in that vision, I heard the Lord say, or ask me, do you want them? And with tears in my eyes, I said, yes, I want them. And that was it. The vision ended. And I, I didn't tell anyone. I think I told one person about this. I didn't even tell my wife about it because I didn't want to. You know, putting a type of disappointment on her because we were having such a hard time um, in the beginning of this process. But four years later, my first daughter was born. And three years later, after her, my second daughter was born. Now, for you who are into numerology, um, which is another way that God speaks to us, you probably picked up the numbers that four and three make seven. And the number seven is symbolic in the Bible. It represents the number of completion or perfection. God fulfilled the vision that he gave me in seven years and thus completed our family. This is another reason why I'm so passionate about my daughters, because they are literally God's promise to me. And I talk about them a lot on this podcast. I, I've shared my, my fears and, and some of my failures with you guys. And I'll continue to do so because I'm just a normal man trying to live this life just like you. Or maybe you're a woman. I don't know. <laughs> but let's contrast my vision with what was in the book of Acts. 
So my vision revealed God's nature. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The Bible also says in Psalms 127, 3 and 5, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. So in the vision, God is revealing his nature, that he wants to bless me with the children. And it is in his heart to do so. Second thing is, I interacted with my vision. I was awake. I was able to respond to God's question. He asked, do you want them? I responded, yes, I do. There's that interaction again. Now, I didn't receive any type of special instructions. All I had to do was continue to have sex with my wife, which really wasn't that hard to begin with. Well, maybe a little hard. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. Um, <laughs> and lastly, I know it was a prophetic vision because it was fulfilled just as Ananias' vision was um, fulfilled by finding Paul in Damascus. So next time you find yourself in that trance-like state, uh, interact with the Holy Spirit. Every vision is an invitation to go higher and deeper into the knowledge of God. So how do we get a vision? How do I experience this for myself? You may be wondering that. So after listening to this, you may be wondering, um, you know, all this sounds great. Uh, I want it. How do I do it? The key is that you really don't do it. There's no formula for it. It's all God responding to the condition of our spirit. Every day, we should be looking to encounter God through ourselves, others, and our world. As we live the life that is constantly acknowledging God's presence, spiritual experiences like visions will happen more often. Our spiritual state is like fertile soil um, where supernatural experiences can happen. And they can happen as often as we allow them to. In the Bible, I couldn't find an example of someone specifically asking for this type of experience. Visions happen throughout the Bible. However, I really encourage you to read the book of Acts because there are several um, visions in the Bible. The entire book of Revelation is a vision uh, given to John the Beloved. Uh, neither Paul, Peter, John, or Ananias asked to receive a vision, yet it was God who encountered them in their spiritual walk. It's like going to a coffee shop and unexpectedly running into your best friend. That's the best way I can explain it. Like when I walked into my apartment, I wasn't expecting um, to see a vision or fall into a trance. That wasn't expected. I'm sure Paul didn't expect it. I know Ananias didn't expect it because he didn't want to go. <laughs> but if you're running into your friend at the coffee shop, you make time for your friend. So you stop, you talk for a while, and that's kind of like a vision. 
you running in to an old friend unexpectedly. This friend is Jesus. And you stay there and you talk for a while. Now, even though I couldn't find any specific examples um, in the Bible, and if you have an example, please uh, feel free to uh, shoot me a message. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I have the links in the uh, the show notes here. If you click on that, um, let me know because I'm not perfect and I'm not a theologian. But even though I couldn't find those examples, it doesn't mean that you cannot ask for a vision. The Bible says that what man, what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Jesus said that in the book of Matthew. A vision is a good thing because, again, it is an invitation into the presence of God. It is a state of consciousness where we converse with God and learn more about his nature. As children of God, it is our birthright to be able to speak with our Father directly. So, here's my advice. If you want to experience visions, ask God to guide you into the preparation of your heart to receive a vision. Whatever that looks like for you, make sure that you're ready to receive the vision. Secondly, I would encourage you to read the different visions of the Bible. If you don't have one, download a Bible app, search for the word vision, and begin to study it for yourself. Because studying opens our minds to the possibilities that are there. Next, if you can, find and listen to testimonies, just like the one I shared about my vision. Find testimonies of people who have experienced what you're looking to experience. Because we can learn from one another, uh, one another. We can learn from one another by humbling ourselves and listening to others' life stories. And lastly, the most important thing that you can do is simply seek God's presence. We have access to all things through our relationship with the creator and sustainer of all things. So, if you had a vision, or if you do a couple of things that I recommend here and God gives you a vision, let me know. I want to hear from you. Hit me up on Instagram or on Facebook. Again, the link's right here in the uh, the Bible to show notes here. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the message and were encouraged to believe a little more. Feel free to check out my website, sanctumpodcast.com, for show notes, resources, and reviews. I also love hearing from listeners, so if you have a question or an idea for a show, don't forget to say hey. I'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Sanctum Podcast. Until then, be blessed.